So this is the second half of the two-part interview we did with Dr. John Duffy. If you missed the first half, you can go to zenparentingradio.com slash 264. In this half, um, John Duffy talks about how we can empower our sons, Brene Brown, and a healthy way to help your daughter date boys. And I'll give you a hint. It has nothing to do with shotguns over the fireplace. So we're going to pick up where John left off, where he's discussing how teenagers are actually more thoughtful uh, these days than they were even a generation ago. So listen in and hope you enjoy it. More thoughtful than, than certainly my generation was, you know, like they and and they're they take care of one another and they designate drivers for real, you know, like yeah. totally. yeah, these, for real. Are, these are really thoughtful people. Well, we had Alfie Cohen on way back when, and he just talked about how, you know, we as adults say kids aren't, aren't the same these days. And they've been saying that for thousands of yeah. years. So the only thing that's different is that something happens between when we're kids and we're adults and we perceive the world in a different way. There's nothing different about these kids that you can't say a hundred years ago. I mean, I, aside from obviously like technology stuff, but but, you know, all kids are great, and we just forget that they're great. Mm-hmm. We, I don't, we're jealous of them. Maybe I was to your say, point, I feel like there's an envy there, and if we, and this is why there's that self awareness is so essential because everything we've been talking about with Dr. Duffy, it starts with us, and we can say, oh well, Dr. John Duffy said to do this, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to back up. But if you aren't doing it internally, your kids know you're not really doing right, it. Right, 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 right. It's not, it's not um, a technique. Yes. Right. You know, like that. That's a really important point because, you know, I, I gave a talk this past this past week and somebody said, you know, well, what, what are your most important techniques? And I'm, and, I, and I, literally I was stumped. I, 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 I don't, I don't know any techniques. I don't really care. You know, like how do you punish? What consequences do you, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. You know, like whatever you do there, as long as your sincere mindset is one of openness, you know what I mean? And not fear and anxiety. And now, you know, th- this, this idea of envy is a really interesting one because, you know, I talk a lot about modeling for our kids. And one thing I find that a lot of parents do, a lot of parents are depressed yes. and lead these kind of um, sedentary grind of a day-to-day lifestyle. And then they expect something different from their child, right? You know, and we're still our kids' primary role models. And if we're couch potatoes and we're just hanging out, we're not trying to make dreams come true or change the world in some vital way, and we expect that from our kids that's asking an awful lot, right? But if we're modeling something for them and they see it in us, they are so much more likely to kind of get on that bandwagon. I, I remember working with a kid a couple of years ago who had two choices for his senior year spring break. He could go to Mexico with his friends or go on an Appalachian service trip. And he picked the service trip and I asked him afterwards, you know, well, why? Mexico sounds like a blast. And, and he, bet, he just said, I don't know, it's in the blood or something. Because his parents are volunteers constantly for all sorts of interesting things. And he knows that there's a richness to that experience, you know. So he's not even making that direct connection. He's just like, ah, this is what we do, I guess. Well, this is is who I am. And we talk about this every week. It's even if you did nothing else as a parent, if you lived a healthy, balanced life and your kids just got to observe you doing that, 
then you're a pretty darn good parent. Absolutely. Agree. Yes. Genuineness. And just to like close up that envy thing, I think that that is why a lot of these issues with parents wanting their kids to be in certain sports or be be the best in the class or having the highest grades, they are, I keep wanting to say they're Voldemorting their kids. Like, you know how Voldemort <laughs> would attach to people? Like, remember in the first one? Which guy's Voldemort? In uh, Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah. Which guy's Voldemort? I don't know. I get all those confused. But He's that know. swirling morass of energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he would like, and you know, he would, he needed to like latch on to something because he didn't have his own thing. Mm. And then he wanted to pull the energy from that. Yeah. And I think unknowingly, subconsciously, we do that to our children. We're like, oh, you're going to prom? Let me let me be there. And let me let me pick out your dress. And we're doing it. You know, that is brilliant because I do see parents mourn things yes. that their kids couldn't care less about, right? Yes. You know, it's like, oh, this isn't what I pictured, so I'm gonna have to grieve this, you know? And the kids just living their life, you know, and and it's and and that story is a better story than whatever the loss is. You know what I mean? Like totally. if your kid's living something genuine, that's that's a better story, no matter what. And you're yes. right. And and we said we tend to grieve like, ah, oh, that's not what I pictured. Right. And it's like, about- oh God, the what you pictured, that's not you never want what you pictured. Then you don't want to know the end of the story. That's no fun. That is no fun. If it's what is that quote about? If you know how everything's going to turn out, if you know how everything's going to turn out on your path, then it's not your path, right? Because it doesn't work that way. And this, the self awareness of you're having a ball because your kids in hockey and you're hanging out with all the hockey moms and the hockey dads and it's so fun, it's so fun. And then they're like, I'm done with hockey, and you have to be like, you can mourn the loss of maybe not being social with these people anymore, but you can't make your kid do hockey so you can be social. Right, right, right. You can. You can, but but, but that will, will there's up. a ripple effect there, right? That's yeah, right. absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Beautiful. Interesting. Right. All right. Are we, how are we doing? Fine. Keep oh, going. good. Okay, good. Okay. So I, we kind of alluded to this a little bit, or we talked about it a little bit when Todd was saying the way he talks to the girls or asking them questions or, versus the way I ask questions. But what advice would you give to dads of teenage daughters, what, and again, some of it may be already things we've spoken about, but what are dads not, let's focus on the negative. What are they not doing right? Yeah. What are they doing right? And then what can they do to create that relationship, make it more strong? Um, the, the, the greatest wisdom I got from this was a girl about a year ago who was talking about her dad and, and she effectively said, I, I hate my dad. I mean, I love him, but I hate him mm. um, because he has no idea the power his words have. Mm. Um, and he and more importantly, he has no idea the power his silence has to me. Mm. So when he doesn't tell me, you know, and she she's brilliant, a brilliant kid, um, a, a musician and an athlete and a big, bright smile and a, and a scholar like you wouldn't believe, and I won't say anything more because people will be able to Google her. But <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so I should leave it at that. But but she said, you know, I, I need to hear from him more that I'm okay, that he's proud of me or that he likes me or, or you know, like that I'm beautiful. Like he doesn't tell me that. And mm-hmm. so and so I wear these giant sweatshirts because I don't know how I feel about myself and his words mean something to me. And he just... He's too spare with them. He he doesn't address me, and when he does, it's usually about business. You know, it's about the grades. You know, like oh yeah, you got a ninety four in there, so you're getting too close. You know, like, um, but so 
so I think dads of daughters need to, first of all, play and connect with them and get into their world, which I think is a hard thing to do. Um, and, I, and you've got a lot of that coming for you. And yep. I suspect you're going to be pretty good at that, Todd. We'll um, and, um, and, and it can't be that story of, well, she's a girl, so I don't know how girls work. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, so it's going to have to be mom who raises her because really? dad's voices are big in the heads of daughters. So it's mostly my point is talk to your daughters, talk to them and, and ask them questions. Be curious about their lives, just like you expect mom to be curious about their lives. And especially if you don't know, like, what's your social life like? Like, you know, um, uh, I had a dad and a daughter in recently, and he said, you know, so um, I guess I'll ask then, are you going to homecoming? She goes, no, nobody goes to homecoming. He's like, really? (laughs) Why? And then finally they're like talking. It was the greatest hour because I just like stopped, you know, and they just went, they were, they were good to go because they got a little conversation going and, and that's what you want to get going. If you're the dad of a daughter, what I think dads do that, that doesn't work is they, they, um, do the right thing with too much verve and, and say, you know, honey, you're, you're beautiful and you're thin and you're uh, smart and you're, and, and, you know, and, and it's almost too much of this kind of like lecture that you're perfect and you're good and you're okay. And that almost gives the idea that, you know, like standard mm, that they got to hold themselves up to, which it, probably isn't realistic. Or, yep. it, or is my dad just blowing smoke and this isn't really what he thinks. It doesn't feel genuine. You got to say that dad, right? You're, That's you're, right. You're, you got You're right. You're, you, 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 it's in the parenting contract. You have to say that, you know, like let's get real, you yeah. know, like, so the more real you feel like you can get, I think the, the, the better off you are. And I think curiosity is probably my, if it's the one word I want dads of daughters to hold, it's, it's be curious about your girls. Interesting. Um, I read in a parenting book, this is when JC was like one, it said something like, um, and tell me if you agree with this, boys just, and this is a overgeneralization, I, I understand that, boys just need to know that you love them. Uh, girls, you need to know that they're loved, but also why they're loved. Like explain reasons, like what is it about them that's so great? Whereas boys are just like, oh, my dad says I, he loves me, that's, that's enough. But with a daughter, you need to kind of go beyond just those words. Um, I, I disagree to a point. Um, I think that, the, that, that daughters do need to know that they are loved and why they are loved. I think boys need that too now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think um, we make this presumption about boys sometimes that they're solid if they seem solid. And oftentimes they're not so solid. You right. know what I mean? Like, yes. So, um, you know, there's often a, a depth and sensitivity to teenage boys. That we don't cultivate anymore. And precisely. then it goes away and then they numb out. That, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. All right. So last question, Dr. Duffy. Yeah. Um, so Todd From you. And, I, and then I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to get into how, it. Are we doing like a three-hour show? Don't worry. Show? He told me his time. I'm okay. fine. I'm right. on it. All right. So Todd and I are doing the screening on Wednesday, November 18th of the movie, um, The Hunting Game. This movie is about uh, rape on college campuses, and it's about the assaults, but it's also about what happens after the assault, how the girls are treated, how the boys are treated. And again, it's not just girls who are sexually assaulted. True. I actually just read an article online. I can't remember where it is, so I can't give them props, but there's an emergency room or a clinic that actually opened a just like one area where boys who are raped can come wow. and they can get the services they need and go through the counseling or whatever kind of physical, you know, you know, needs, you know, any kind of challenges they had. Sure. And 
that it's completely private and it's like a, a separate entrance. You know, it's just the whole group there works with men who have been raped or yeah, boys. That's amazing. And, and um, uh, I've had that experience twice where I've worked with boys who have been raped and, um, you know, anybody who, who has been sexually assaulted in any, in any way, there's enormous kind of shame around that. There, there's, um, you know, that that fear that you're going to be violated again in some way. There's this kind of, um, there's, you look at almost everybody sideways, you know, like any relationship you get into, you know, somebody has to pass this sniff test of safety, you know, yes. that, that a lot of us don't even have to consider. Um, and then boys kind of, the, the, the boys I've worked with have really felt like, Mm, I, I probably should have done something to prevent this. There must have been something I could do. You know what I mean? Like, and I think there's something guy-like about that. Um, and so there's that an extra layer of, of of work that they have to get through of forgiving themselves for not preventing it. I think mm-hmm. I think girls have to do this a lot as well. But the boys that that seems to weigh particularly heavy on them. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. strong enough because you're a guy. Yes, you yes. ought to be able to defend yourself. Yes. And right. Sometimes you can't. Right. Regardless. It's not in your hands. Yeah. So with that said, I wanted to make sure I said that because as Todd and I have been promoting this this documentary screening, um, there's been a lot of people saying, yeah, I have girls, so I'm going to you know bring them or I'm going to be there. And I'm like, I want the fathers and the mothers of the boys there oh, too. yeah. Because this is a conversation, not only that you're, that boys are sexually assaulted, but for the girls who are being raped, I am sick these are and girl- tired right. of us having conversations about how to protect our daughters. That's all we have a conversation about. You mean telling the daughters how to protect themselves. Yes. Yes. Why aren't we having a conversation about how to educate our boys and explain and and give them the love that they need so they don't think that overpowering a woman is any step towards manhood? It's it's such a really wildly important point, right? Because, Because when we're telling our daughters how to protect themselves, the problem's already happening, right? You know what I mean? So we're not preventing anything, really. We're just playing defense, yeah. right? And and um, if we can get to these boys, and right, uh, that's exactly right, Todd, Rec- empower them. Because these are powerless boys, and, you know, and they're just like stealing power where they can in the most heinous way. Um, but if we empower them at, when they're young, then we don't have to, you know, warn our daughters. I, I, um, I was telling you guys earlier, my son is a sophomore in college. His cousin, um, uh, both of his cousins, they're twins, a boy and a girl, are, um, they're all at the same school, which I just love. But I talk differently to George and Jack about walking across campus at night than I do Grace, where of I'm course. like, never, never go alone. Call George, call Jack, call one of your girlfriends or five of them, but please never. And this is a beautiful campus. I love this place, but I'm always, every Friday or Saturday night, I think about Grace. And, and you're right, Todd, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of worrying that something's going to happen to her. You know what I mean? That and, and telling the boys, oh, watch Grace's drink, watch all the girls' drinks, you know? And, and um, you know, it is systemically we've got something really, really horrible going on here. And 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 the fix should be easy, right? It should be just it, – it's, it's a basic humanity. And I think it starts with parents. I think it starts with us and the messages we give our boys to a large extent, right? Yeah. And And part of it is – there is still, and I witnessed this at a at a dad's weekend, there's still a little bit of a wink nod, that's my boy kind of attitude amongst fathers, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, you know, oh, he's a lady killer kind of thing. And and um the language 
is important because boys kind of adopt this stuff, right? You know, um, there there's a boy in this one particular fraternity they call Dirty Blank, yeah. right? Okay. And his bit is he's he gets handsy at night, and this is kind of a bit that's light and. But it's not. It's grave and it's wretched, and you know, and and it's and and so the bits have to go away, and we've got to take this stuff. So we're talking a lot about what we need to take a little bit lighter. This has to be serious, yeah. right? You know. Well, and there could be uh, parents out there that are doing a wonderful job raising their boys, and these boys would never dream of doing anything like that. But w- but what we need is for these good boys to grow into men to step up and say something and to call out another buddy who's sick and saying these things or creating a culture of, you know, ma- uh, you know, misogynistic behavior. We need these good be- boys to step up and assert themselves and challenge the bully who is trying to think it's funny when he talks about, you know, overpowering a woman. Um, I'm going to, and this is going to seem super braggy of me, but um, I, I, I went to a school with no um, Greek system. But uh, so so uh, watching my son's situation, you know, is, is my first exposure to that. And so I went to my first frat party about two months ago. <laughs> and um, and, and um, so uh, Dirty Tim, we'll call him, gets handsy with this girl. And my son and my nephew walk over and all they did was say, hey, Tim, back off. Not going to happen. Yeah. And Tim backed easy. off. And it was simple. That's it. It was easy. Now, you know, nobody got sh- and then And then they basically, uh, the girl had too much to drink and they're like, hey, let's make, let's get one of the freshmen to take you home. And it was done. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and if you rewind and watch that go a different way and everyone looks the other way, oh, that's just dirty Tim. This is what he does. This is what happens. You know, then something horrible happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just a moment, yeah. right? Well, and, you know, we had the screening, whatever, November, whatever it is. Uh, Wednesday, November 18th. And we did a screening, whatever, a year or two ago about the mask you live in. And it's all about, uh, you know, educating uh, healthy emotional masculinity among boys. And we looked in the audience and it was maybe 15% male and 85% female. And I get very triggered because uh, where are these freaking dads? And, uh. and they don't have to come to our screening, but do something to empower yourself so you can be a good role model for your son. Yeah. At least, you know what? I'm going to use your word, Jen. Be curious. You may say, Kathy and Todd drive me nuts. They always want me to come to these things, but I'm just going to show up and see what this is because it's not really us talking. It's a a movie. movie. And so what is this and what does that trigger in you? Because I remember after The Mask You Live In, you know, I could go on and on about the people who, they still approach me about that movie, but I had 15-year-olds coming up to me and saying, football players, they both were, and they said that whole movie was true. And again, it's that normalizing agent for them to say, wow, here I am, I'm a tough guy, I'm a football player, everything's going great, but that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. And if they recognize that and see that and see there are other ways, see, most boys don't know there are other ways, right, John? No, right, that is so true, right, we're we're taught a certain way to be masculine. I like that. I like that word because, you know, um, that yeah. There's this overpowering thing. It's competitive. It's driven. It's not emotional in any way, right? And I think that is the most outdated method of being in the world. And in the end, we men lose an, a really integral part of our lives. I mean, you're like, when I when I do see dads, which I don't often see, in, even in my office, uh, you know, oftentimes I think, oh, we're, 
we de- we guys were losing, you know, like yes. <laughs> women we are, are vital yeah. and, and women are, are alive. And we men, we're, we're not really as engaged as we need to be. And we're not the role models our boys need to be. And so um, as, as puzzling as this whole Missoula, you know, campus rape thing is, um, it's not that puzzling, you know, exactly. because I think the more engaged and um, involved in our lives and our kids' lives, we men are. And the more we put to bed this idea that, you know, to be kind of emotionally in tune is weakness, right? <laughs> you know, this old, that, I, I love Brene Brown for all of the, you know, daring greatly, you know, the strength and the vulnerability. I love that. But men need to adopt that. And, and we're doing a so-so job, I'd say, at this point. Well, and as... Pardon the interruption, folks. We'll get back to the interview in just a sec. But I was wondering if you ever feel overwhelmed or stressed out or just want to get a little more zen. Well, then I want to tell you about our awesome partner, Hunter Clark Fields. Hunter is a good friend of ours, and she's been practicing yoga and meditation for over 20 years, and she's offering a free 12-day mindfulness retreat. And it's virtual, so you don't have to go anywhere. So here's the deal. It starts on November 9th, and it includes guided meditations, expert interviews, community forum with other mindful mamas, an email inspiration to stay connected, and a live coaching call to answer all your questions. All you got to do is go to hunteryoga.com slash ZPR. Now, back to the interview. And, and we're doing a so-so job, I'd say, at this point. Well, and as a matter of resource, and I didn't plan on talking about this, but I do have my tribe men's group, and we talk a lot about what healthy masculinity looks like. I also belong to an organization called Mankind Project, and it dives really deep into shadow work and things like that. So if anybody has any interest in that, go to our website. It's all on there. So and that's great. one more thing as the, as the woman sitting at the table with you guys, as far as this, the hunting game and campus rape and these issues, is I want to, as I share with Todd a lot, explain to dads who are listening how this impacts a girl and a woman as she gets sure. older. Because because I was told my whole high school and college life to look over my shoulder and to carry my mace and to not walk alone and to be careful at night and to you know never do this and never do that. And it was all on me. And I have plenty of people around me who I've already talked about this on the show, but too many friends who have been raped and too many people I have counseled who have been raped. And just how even that shows up in my life when I get up in the morning to go to yoga and I get in the car and I look behind me in the car and I look in the back seat to make sure nobody's there. And then I start the car and I look around to make sure that there's nobody coming toward my car. And these are things you guys would, and I'm not saying poor me, you guys don't need to think about these things. Did you know that about me? And, and ask Mm. your, ask your wife or your spouse or your friends as women, what do they do that they can recognize how fearful they are and how does that show up in our parenting and how does that show up in my relationship with you, Todd? Like this is something that continues on. This is not just college and and I am very self-aware about it, but I can't stop doing it. Right, because right. Because it's, it's my, as a woman in this world, there, there are things I have to do. You know, the, the, the word, the, the question, did you know that about me, took my breath away. Mm. Because I, I as I'm listening to you kind of just go through, you know, the checklist, I'm thinking, wow, yeah, 
I, you know, I do take a lot of that for granted. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I can tell that you could go on and on oh, yeah. and on That's about just that, right? That's just the morning of going to yoga. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and every woman of every age can say the same, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and we men have to be curious about that because that by and large is not our experience, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and, um, and there's kind of a, an, an equity in that, um, that we might not be able to, to, fix or change, but to understand it is critical. I remember a couple of years, a couple of months back, there was that um, hashtag on Twitter, yes, all women. And I remember reading a few of those and they were jaw dropping just like, you know, because I, I was thinking, oh yeah, I didn't, I never thought about being nervous about that or being worried about that. You know, like um, that's got to be arduous. That is a whole burden that I have no conceptualization of. And so we have to listen and pay attention and, and show up and watch the movie and listen to the talks and, and read Missoula and really get it. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, it's so funny because you and I have been married, whatever, 13, 14 years. I don't think we've ever had a conversation of what you have to do to navigate in this world. And that just goes to show that it, you know, I've, feel like I'm a pretty good husband. And if a really good husband isn't asking those questions, imagine what the, you know, the emotionally unavailable husbands well, are doing. And then right? imagine the women have been told to just suck it up and deal with it and not wear short skirts and to not drink and to not bring this upon themselves. Yeah. See, that's right. what I've been told my whole life. Yeah. Don't bring this upon yourself. Boys will be boys. Yeah. And if they are, and here's a great thing going in a little different direction and when I'm trying to wrap up, but is that I just read an article about a, a, a mom who was so angry because she brought her daughter into the hospital because she got hit in the eye by a boy. It was a younger kid. It was like a, a toy kind yeah, of incident. Right. And the kid got hit in the eye, and the guy who was working behind the desk said to the girl, oh, I'm sure he just likes you, and that's why he did that. <laughs> wow. And the mother said, stop. Do not tell my daughter that what boys do to get attention is hurt her. Mm. And I know that some people be like, oh, whatever. These are the messages we get as girls. You are being bullied or stalked or attacked because they love you. Right, 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 right. No, you're right. It is a toxic message from the gate. I mean, absolutely. No, I I get why that mom reacted so strongly. That makes a lot of sense, right? No, let's change that message right now. I don't want her to carry that another day that this is how it goes, right? Because you can, it, it doesn't take a genius to kind of reel that out into the future and see what that looks like for her. That's right. Yeah. So, so this is this topic. Regardless, we hope you come to the movie. But if you don't, just the curiosity about how this shows up in the world is essential. And. John, I had all these questions, and you did all of them so beautifully. I mean, you are so wise. Really. Thank you so much. So we're going to do a run and shoot real quick. What's that? Well, it's an old football term. It's just a term I use to ask a bunch of questions that don't connect. The dots don't connect. Are they short answers? Does John, is it like lightning rounds? Is it, yeah, it's, it's like a, a no huddle def- yeah, no no offense. offense. Where did we had we had a two two minute. Well, uh, and it's right. funny. These are questions that I wanted to ask last time you were here, but we got to talking as we sometimes do when the three of us get together <laughs> and we don't get through it. So these are these questions were formulated after I read your book, which by the way is amazing. It's called The Available Parent, and we'll put on a link on the show notes, but. Um, I wanted to talk real briefly about how we as parents think we need to lecture and give long soliloquies to our teenagers to help them see the error of their ways. And and, and I, w- I went to a presentation that you gave one time and you talked about how, you know, 20 second increments of talking to these kids is all they need. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, your kid knows your lecture. Every kid knows every parent's lecture, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't just meet your kid. They know your values. They know what you believe in. And your lecture, especially if it comes across like that, is going to fall on deaf ears. Right. So I'm always more in favor of like a conversation, open-ended, connect. You know, connect over lecturing. It's going to work better every time, especially over time. Right. Yeah. Um, you, we touched upon this earlier in the interview, but I think it bears repeating. Um, in your book somewhere, you say you choose to view, um, adolescent kids in awe, like you're in awe of these kids. Uh, and it's so much different than the stories we tell about what our teenagers and adolescents are like. They're just a bunch of rotten kids or whatever. Why do you think that that is a better way of going about it? Um, it's organic. If you're if you're if you slow down enough and you can put your fear and judgment and ego aside enough, awe is a natural reaction to most any human being. But but teenagers, there's something special about that. There's an energy in those years. There's a promise in those years. And there's this deep emotionality that is awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was telling a group earlier, I think I've known 400 kids since I started my therapy practice. And there hasn't been an exception to that. Every kid is awe-inspiring when you get to know them. You just have to get to know them. He speaks our language, sweetie. I know, man. I'm just like, I've had like goosebumps. I'm freezing because I'm like, I'm, we're going so deep. I'm so now, cold. this is something that triggers the crap out of me. Um, and it, I won't say it in the exact same way, but let's say my daughter starts dating a guy that I think is a bum and yep. I prohibit her from dating this guy. Is, yep. that, is that a good idea? Um, that's a toughie, man, because the more you prohibit, I mean, dating now is not what we are used to dating being, first of all, right? You know, kids don't, kids rarely go out, get together and go out on a date. So if you tell her, you know, no, you can't talk to that boy. If I'm being honest with you, mm, you're probably saying, I encourage you to talk to that boy, right. you know? <laughs> the opposite uh, here's his, here's his tech, here's his, here's his phone number. You know, I'd call him right now right. as soon as we're done. Right. Um, so, uh, I, I think, I think I, I fall back on curiosity, you know, like, and you might even say, you know, I, I don't find I don't like him a whole lot. You might be honest about that. Yeah. Tell tell me about him. Yeah. Tell me about him. And, and let's have him over. Yeah. You know. And you, and you don't do the you know cleaning the shotgun thing. Yeah. When he comes over. <laughs> well, and that's my trigger is whenever anybody finds out I have three daughters, they instantly go like this. I was in Kentucky for five days, and you meet a lot of new people because it's a work event. And whenever I would say seventy five percent of the men that find out that I have three daughters. 75% of them use the word shotgun in their response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, right? I bet. And it drives me crazy because, as I've said on the show many times, is it removes any trust or judgment from my daughter's ability to take care of herself. That doesn't mean I'm blindly going to put her at risk, but to say that I'm going to be your protector isn't going to help a lot when she's 18 and she's at college. Actually, and you make a, you make a really good point there, so I appreciate that. Um, and, and you um, remind me, I, I have a buddy who has four daughters, um, kind of a very much a guy's guy. Mm-hmm. And um, what what he does when, so now his daughters are teenagers, some of them, and and he um, in, invites them to a double date. Wow. And that's how, he, that's how he gets to know. So it's like, let's go. So with one, uh, one of his daughter's boyfriends, they went golfing together, the four of them. They've gone to movies together. They've gone out to dinner together. And that is a great way to kind of like ease some of the anxiety you might have and get to know a kid. I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah. It is a great idea. And I and going back to what you just said about be curious, it's like we can like call it the Kanye approach. Like, you know, <laughs> that you don't like Kanye music, listen to it. If you think your kid's dating a bum and you say... 
you know, your daughter's dating a bum and you say, I don't really get it, but you explain to me because I trust you and right. you have great judgment. So what am I missing? And, and, and that she has great judgment. That's uh, so I almost, I want to take back my, my shotgun comment because you're right. Your daughter will not be dating a boy to test you as a dad, right? She's going to be dating a boy because she likes him. Yeah. You know? Right. So kind of, you want to just get in that world a little bit yeah. and see like, okay, so what do we like about this kid? You know, right. I, I'm not seeing it yet. Right. Does it show up later? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and same goes for, forget about boy girl stuff. Like, you know, say your daughter is hanging out with what you think is a bad kid or the wrong, wrong crowd or whatever. Um, you know, instead of demonizing who that girl is for your daughter, your daughter's friend, who you think is just a bad seed, get to know who that kid is instead of just deciding without even knowing who this girl is. Or get to know why your daughter feels um, that this person connected. is someone important to them. Yeah. Right. And respect that and also understand that even if it blows up, these are teachers in our children's life. How many of us can say I had this friend who right. who was so challenging? With the girls now, I say things like that when they tell me about a challenge with a friend. I'll be like, I had a friend. So similar. And if I if I wasn't allowed to have that friend, I would have never had that experience. Great point. Great point. We Everything is grist for the mill when we're kids, exactly. right? And we learn something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, okay. People always say we're not supposed to be friends with our kids. Uh, what do you think about that? I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that with every fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. um, I, and and, um, and and people will accuse me of overdoing this. At the very least, you want to be friendly with your kids. But if you're not on the train with your kids, if you're not connected with your kids, if you're not laughing with them, mm -hmm. if you're not in their world, um, then you're missing out on the joy yeah. of being a parent, right? You know. So in a way, you're you're not you're taking a gift away from yourself. Yeah. If you're not in that world and enjoying it, and if that means your friends. You know, there needs to be a boundary. You need to be a parent. You need to be the one making the rules and creating health and safety and all that. But, you know, my best friend is my son. I'm being honest yeah. with you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you know, he's probably texted me while we yeah been sitting here, and I can't yes. wait to see. But what your funny son is almost an, is is an adult now. He's at college. Yes. Would you have said that your best friend is your son ten years ago? I would have said he was a very, very good friend of mine. Wow, yes. that's so great. Yes. Well, and it's in one one more thing. It's the and both. You can't, why do we say I have to be this or that? Yes. Black and white thinking. There's no gray. Can't you be the parent and the one who supports them and who guides them and who sets the boundaries and also be their friend? It, if you If you take the anxiety and the fear out of it, it's what we do organically. Yes. We, we know, we all have good instincts when it comes to parenting. We all do. Everybody does. Um, when, we, when we become anxious and afraid and our egos rule the day, that's when we get in our own way. Mm -hmm. We get in our way. That's what happens. But, but if we can just hear ourselves think organically, we want to be connected to our kids and we know that that's going to feed them and, get, and help them thrive. I believe your quote in the book, I wrote this down, I think it is important, perhaps critical, to enjoy our children. Critical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say absolutely critical to enjoy our children. We just do parenting as kids. such a pain and it's not. It well, doesn't have to we be. We take it on as a role. We yeah. take it on as a right. role and we also worry about what other people think about the way we're doing our role. We make it like a business. And when you make it a relationship, it's a totally different. Absolutely. Thing. Right. Right. All right. Last quote. And then I'm going to play a little YouTube clip that I want you to comment on. But the quote, and they're not connected. So the quote is, uh, the difference between discipline and inappropriate discipline, I believe you say, if it if it drives a wedge between you and the teen, then it's inappropriate. Does that it, sound familiar? It does. It not only is, in a, is it inappropriate, it is um, 
useless. It, 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 it works against you having a good relationship with your, with your teen. Your child will be less likely to heed your words. So whatever point you're making in levying that consequence or that punishment, it, you're not going to make the point. You, you, it will, you may make the opposite point. Right. Yeah. It might, it might blow up in your face. It, it will likely it. blow up in your face. Last but not least, uh, stole my thunder a little bit, Kathy, but uh, this is the Ali Sheedy quote, and I just want you to listen to it, Doc, and then comment on it. Cool. My God, are we going to be like our parents? Not me. Ever. It's unavoidable. It just happens. What happens? When you grow up, your heart dies. Who cares? I care. Oh, man, oh, man. I, I forget how potent that scene is, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it literally brings tears to your eyes. Um, I, think, I think she's right to some extent. I think we become our parents, so we want to be the people we want our kids to become to some extent. Not, not specifically what we do, but who we are. You know, be a good person, leading a good life, doing your best, you know, modeling something useful because you can feel the despair mm-hmm. of, you know, like, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to be who I don't want to be. I'm just going to be sitting there. You know, yeah. I'm going to, I'm not going to be thoughtful. I'm not going to be big and, and, you know, loving and caring. I'm just going to be there. Ugh. And it lends to the comment that you said about how a kid can not have any kind of suicidal ideation necessarily, but they'll say, I don't care if I wake up tomorrow. Yeah. You know why? Because they're in despair. Oh, yeah. And what they see in the future does not look fun. And it, you know, what they see from our generation looks taxing and unconnected and not everybody. Like, I believe that that's, there's, we have so much potential. Like, this show is for parents. It's to say, just play, be alive, wake up. Like Todd's wearing a shirt that says wake up. So that was easy for me to say. Um, yeah, I'm wearing a shirt that says be good to people. Like enjoy your life and then you are golden as a parent. Well, okay. So I'm going to toot your horns here a little bit oh, okay. because your girls, you know, so um, we're here and we're in this podcast set up and your girls see this vitality and this life in you, in the two of you. It, it, it is um, organic. It, 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 to walk into your house, you feel this big energy. Mm. And, um, and so I can imagine that your girls are going to be inspired by the way you are with them. Mm. Um, and, and you're right. It's more fun this way. Life is more fun this way. It's easier than fighting battles, which I'm guessing you're going to have precious few battles Mm. with your kids. Um, and a lot of joy in this building. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, doc. And so, and that's it. You either, you know, for some people I have to say, have fun and play and be yourself for your kids or have fun and play for yourself and your kids get something out of it. Who cares which Who cares, right? I mean, right, both. both. Yeah. Let's both go. Fans. Why not have both, yeah. right? It's an abundant universe. I love it. <laughs> so um, I'll give all the contact information at the end, at the very end of the show. But Dr. Duffy is actually going to be part of our conference. He's so real. 
that we asked him to be in the Let's Get Real conference. Seriously, John, you were the like the first person on our list. Oh, like we, gosh. We had these, you know, Todd and I came up with this idea for this conference, and we knew right away the people who were going to be in it were like, this person, this person, this person. So Dr. Duffy is speaking at our Let's Get Real conference. And so for those of you, it doesn't matter if you have teenagers or not, because this is relevant, because if your kids are really little, they're going to be teenagers. So you want to have this information. So come see him live. And what what else, John? Is there anything else coming up that you want to make sure that we talk about? Um, I've, I've got a parenting series coming up on my website in the next couple of weeks uh, at drjohnduffy.com. Um, is it Dr. John Duffy or is it doc T O R Doctor John. Or it's uh, it is Dr. John Duffy. Dot com. Got Thank it. you. Thank you. You're I wasn't welcome. sure of that. I had to think about that. <laughs> I just see it in my head. Um, okay. Anything else? Um, no. Every once in a while, I'm on WGN Radio here in Chicago. I'm on the Steve Harvey Show once in a while. If you watch that, um, and uh, I get to be on the Zen Parenting Radio Show every <laughs> <laughs> once again. I hope I'm back again. I was yes. going to say, I think there'll be a third. <laughs> yes, I think you will. Doc, thank you. You're awesome. You are the best. Thank you, guys. All right. That's our show, friends. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. To reach us, you can send us a message at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Or you can record a voice message through our website and ask any question you want. Go to Amazon or our website to find Kathy's first two books and her most recent award-winning book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. You can also subscribe to her Practicing Realness blog for her most up-to-date writing. If you're interested in The Tribe, the men's group that I co-facilitate, go to thetribemensgroup.com. We're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time. Mm-hmm.